one of the the guys that gave us feedback earlier in the year mentioned something about how he appreciates the fact that you and I aren't pretentious. Like we don't act like we know things that we don't because let's be honest in the hunting industry, a lot of the personality driven culture is a piss and match. We, we talk about it internally, the economics of our industry and you hear a lot of people that will, they'll regurgitate things that they've heard over and over and over. And, um, and that's their knowledge base. And, you know, I, I think that's where we differ a little bit. We're, tr- we're trying to figure these things out on our own. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I'll tell you if somebody, you know, Hey, Mark and Terry always say this, but here's what happened to me when I did it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It's almost like Instagram, Instagram versus reality. <laughs> Mark and Terry are like these Instagram guys? and reality is us. <laughs> This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Jury Outdoors. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome. <laughs> We need 2020 to be over. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 189. It's the last episode of 2020. I'm Tim Chelsea. That guy was real. I mean, I'm Matt Drury, but that guy was super excited that this was the last <laughs> He's like, episode. Finally, they're done. Woo! Actually, buddy, we're not. We're going to roll right into 2021. We're never going to stop until <laughs> they pull the plugs in this here light. Won't stop stopping. <laughs> That's right. That's us. So, this is a, kind of an end of 2020 review for us. And, um, we spent a lot of time researching the past year to see what were the highlights, and doggone it, we couldn't come up with anything. Literally, there were none. It's weird. <laughs> Actually, the reality was we had no time to come up with all the highlights. Everything watch. is just a rush here at the end of the year. So we had like 51 episodes, I think. We're almost like a real show. Yeah. So We do have to say thank you, like a legit thank you to the folks who have stuck with us, and because I think it's taken a little while for the show to kind of start hitting a stride, yeah, and um, and to kind of fall into a rhythm. So for those folks that have stuck with us during the evolution, thank you. Yeah, we're actually it's starting to spread. I mean, it's it's kind of like a disease. We're getting more and more people that we're <laughs> hearing feedback, love the podcast. I always get a chuckle when I hear somebody say they love the podcast, and <laughs> you're like, "Why?" This is probably the least produced thing we ever do. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I I think it's through no fault of anyone's. It's just one of the least promoted things that we do because we just kind of do it and throw it out there. And if you find it, you find it. And if not, you don't (laughs) until one of your friends tells you, Hey, you like fart noises, right? (laughs) (laughs) You want to listen to these guys. They don't know anything, but they sure have a good time talking. That's right. That was my goal. (laughs) to spread the wealth of the little knowledge we have. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, one of the, the guys that gave us feedback earlier in the year, mentioned something about how he appreciates the fact that you and I aren't pretentious. Like we don't act like we know things that we don't because let's be honest in the hunting industry, a lot of the personality driven culture is a piss and match. We, we talk about it internally, the economics of our industry and you hear a lot of people that will, they'll regurgitate things that they've heard over and over and over. And, um, and that's their knowledge base. And, you know, I, I think that's where we differ a little bit. We're tr- we're trying to 
figure these things out on our own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'll tell you if somebody, you know, Hey, Mark and Terry always say this, but here's what happened to me when I did it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It's almost like Instagram, Instagram versus reality. Mark and Terry are like <laughs> These Instagram guys? and reality is us. <laughs> well, I, and I think about it, I may have used this analogy, this analogy before, but when I've run marathons in the past, there are Olympic level <laughs> runners that are in the pack. Like they're, they're obviously ahead of me, obviously in, in, in the shoot, like at the starting <laughs> gates, but we're on the same, like we're on the same field. We're on the same platform and it's like i deer hunt mark dury deer hunts but mark but you're Dury not the same <laughs> yeah we're on two totally different levels yeah and uh, and, and, and i think it just takes some humility you both have glasses though that's true we're pretty much the same so guy i thought so <laughs> <laughs> but it takes some humility and some i think self-awareness to be able to to deliver a solid i don't know yeah and and, and be comfortable with that well that reminds me of something that Mark told me when I first started here the years ago, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And, and at the time, you know, whether it was helping with sales calls or, you know, selling DVDs or whatever, it was like anytime he said he had a, had a piece of advice, I think Cecil Carter maybe told him one of his, you know, uh, mentors. Uh-huh. It's like anytime that you don't know the answer, don't BS your way through it. Just say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out and get back to you. And I think that's our approach here. It's like, <laughs> it's a good life rule. I mean, people yeah. have a pretty well developed BS meter. Yeah. And they don't appreciate it when they feel like they're getting snowed. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about Instagram versus reality, Mark and Terry versus the rest of us. I got a good, a good story for you. Just happened to, to me over the weekend. So Bring it on. Hunting at the, the river farm and, uh, I really don't have much to hunt right now. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, you always hear about late season. If you have a food source, it's, you're going to be in the chips. Yeah. Well, on the lease where late season is always really great. I've always had a food source up top that the farmer, I always pay him to leave an acre or two acres for me, whether it's sure. beans or corn or whatever. This year he didn't plant, he planted it in millet, this big top field that I always rely on. I've never hunted around millet. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> That's so great. No, like it's just been a ghost town. I mean, it's, I have plenty of does and young bucks. Like okay. I'm talking like yearlings, two-year-olds, but the mature deer just, just disappeared. And, uh, I got word that the deer that I had been kind of, I, no, I wouldn't say hunting because I, I hadn't seen him since the end of September. And this is kind of what happens every year. He's a seven and a half year old buck. We call him too short yeah. and have his sheds from the past couple of years. He's on me early. He's on me in the summer. He's on me early. And then he disappears through the whole season, comes mm-hmm. back late season. Well, I found out that, and I pretty much had an idea where I thought he was living over on the north of us to the neighbors and come to find out, I, I got word through a, a guy in, in the area that, um, my neighbor, he asked how my lease was this year. I go, that's yeah, been pretty tough. Actually, I didn't have much mature bucks. And he goes, man, your neighbor killed a hell of a deer. It's oh. a split G2s. And I go, oh, really? Because so, this deer had a very distinct split G2 yeah. on both sides. And I go, yeah, too short. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to see a picture. He sent me a picture. He went 174. He had great oh, mass. He was just tough. a giant. But he had killed him before gun season. He's like, yeah, man, he had daylight pictures of him on his logging roads and 10 a.m. And he lived over there. I never uh-huh. really had a shot at him this year. But the food does not help the cause. I mean, I didn't have the, the allure, the magnet to keep them sucked in on me. So after the early season, when it's green, you know, you always hear early season green once the beans defoliate in Mm -hmm. the Midwest that I always have great success on my biologic plots. Yeah. 
Well, after that phase kind of ends and they go into the rut, like deer just after the rut, deer just disappeared. <laughs> and yeah. I was hunt. I wasn't really hunting because I had been tagged out through the rut. So mm-hmm. I was, I was just one hunting. And, uh, so gun season rolls around and I started hunting the river piece cause it had just been flooded with deer and it had gr- a great food source. It was all green, but it was, it, it was a lot of it. Okay. So, you know, here we are in the late season and the lease I'm monitoring with trail cameras and it's just dead. I mean, it really is dead. And, um, and, and then conversely, I'm looking at the river farm and, you know, the neighbors have had some really good success and, and shot a few big deer. One I passed, one I didn't, you know, know about and, you know, some giant deer. Well, there's only really one deer left. The deer I had been hunting all year, he's disappeared. Well, we got word that there's a bunch of poaching happening in this area Great. and, and theft. They were hitting the duck clubs and stealing a bunch of stuff. I don't have anything on, on my farm to steal. Uh-huh. So it wasn't really a concern, but they were actually stealing like big items from the duck clubs around the area. Mm-hmm. And, and they were finding deer with their heads cut off. And you know, I was like, man, I started thinking about it. It's like, yeah, I, I would not doubt during the gun season if, if from the road, some, you know, the deer I was after got, mm-hmm. got hit because we have not seen him since gun. Okay. And uh, not to say that he's maybe on the duck clubs. I don't know, but yeah. he's not on me right now. So anyway, we've changed our focus and a deer that I passed a couple of times during the gun season, a deer that at the beginning of the year, I really wasn't keyed in on. I knew him deep eight. Yeah. Deep eight. I knew him well from the year before, like during the flood year, he was like the best deer I had and he Mm -hmm. was all over the farm. I got tons of cool pictures of him in the water and stuff. So anyhow, you kind of have to change your focus. And it's like, all right, you know, this is the only deer left and he's five and a half and he's a a great buck. Sure. Um, But he just wasn't the one I was after. And I thought, you know what, it's time to switch focus. And and I'm still trying to get something done here in the late season. I didn't yeah. fill my last tag in Illinois. And what started off hot in October really cooled <laughs> off in November. And now Scott and I talked about we're back to a grind here in December. And you just hate to get in that position. And I was, mm-hmm. I was clock's winding down on you. Yeah. You know, you have two gun tags in your pocket from Illinois, Missouri. I thought well, we could finish this thing off in a great note. Think again. That thing, <laughs> you know, I saw some of it self-inflicted in, in Missouri. I passed a couple of great deer that uh-huh. I should have shot probably. And, yeah. And anyhow, so, um, so we went in, Scott had went and checked the cameras one day, uh, just a couple of days ago. And, he, you know, every camera, this deep A is on every camera and that mm. lot of daylight that like this farm, it's just bed, bedding, 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 and the food's tucked right into their bedding. Okay. And, uh, so one plot particularly, which is like the furthest, the closest to the river. And it's, it's like in the middle of the property and it just, it's really concealed and he's daylight, like three forty five, three. 43, mm. you know, 334. Plenty of time. And it's like, oh, he's this is obviously his bedroom. He's walking right past the camera every yeah. time. So we finally got a decent enough wind. It wasn't perfect on Saturday, but it was decent to where I felt like, based on where he's coming from, I don't think we're going to screw anything up. So let's go in okay. there. So we go in there and... um you know, you know, three, we had bets on what time he was going to come out. I got real cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet 345. He's like, I it's bet 351, you know, and at 345, I was like, all right, I lost. He's like, I still got hope at 351. He lost. And a little after four, out of nowhere, stands up, group of deer start walking walking out to the food plot. He was one of them. How far and, away do you think he was bedded from you guys? Well, it's hard to say because it's so thick, uh-huh. but when Scott saw him, he's like, there he is. 
it, it's not far. I mean, he was maybe 20 yards into the timber. Oh, geez. But he was walking. So I don't know if he stood up or if he had been walking uh-huh. in. It's just impossible to tell. It's that thick. Okay. And uh, so they start working their way into the, it's a last bite, biological last bite food plot. They work in it. It's like a couple, three bucks maybe, or four bucks and all young except for him. And then a doe or two does maybe. And they start working their way towards us slowly, you know? And, um, so I'm, I'm kind of behind the tree the way that my stand is and Scott's in mm-hmm. front of the tree, but based on where they're coming from. Okay. And you're hunting with your V3. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I'm hunting with a bow. We're in a tree stand and, uh, there's no back cover. It's silent. I mean, there's like no wind it felt like. And so they're working their way. They're they're, him. And I think it was a three and a half. They're kind of like tickling the horns and kind of just, you know, a little little bit. bit, Yeah. Just kind of jacking around. And it was, it was fun to watch. And especially late season like this, you just don't really get much opportunities to kind of see them close up like you would in like October or November. you, You know what I mean? And so, um, they're definitely in this feed to bed, bed to feed, no hurry whatsoever to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so they will work towards us and they're on Scott's side of the tree. There is a big lane there, but it's, um, he's still kind of behind the, the three and a half is in the lane and he's kind of, um, behind a branch or two, but there's a doe underneath us, maybe 10 steps. And, <clears throat> I'm behind the tree, so I don't know exactly where the doe is. I can't see the mm-hmm. doe, and I, I can barely see him, but I'm pick, kind of peeking out the side to see the three and a half, and I got my bow in my hand, and I'm just ready because literally like 15 more steps, they're in my shooting lane. They're broadside at 15 steps. In a situation like that, are you are you also managing your movements based on the doe or are you just saying for, I can't even think about the doe. I got to do what I need to do. No, I'm, I'm thinking there could be deer anywhere. I don't know where she's at, so I better not move. That's just kind of my, cause I couldn't tell if she was to the right of us and, and could see maybe, or I I didn't know where she was. I just knew she was on Scott's side of the tree and she was somewhere close. I could hear her footsteps. So it's gotta be somewhere close. I didn't know exactly where though so i'm just not i'm not moving and and scott's in a tough position because he's standing trying to film and you know there's just no back cover for us there mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so the the buck starts kind of they 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 were messing with each other you know with their horns and then they kind of start like walking away not really like fast not like something's wrong but they they were just like they were going to get a bite to eat back kind of back a little bit where they came from. Okay. And so Scott zooms out and then all of a sudden the doe like bounds out of there. She had been looking up at us. We we didn't mm. know. We didn't know that he's, he's filming the bucks. Yeah. You, you have no You're idea. Focus on one thing. Well, she's looking at us apparently. And she bounds out of there and, um, and she never blew. They didn't have her wind. She didn't really, I don't well, think knew what was okay. the issue. She just didn't like, I think she saw maybe that lens, you know, when it zooms out yeah. like that, it's making a movement inside the camera. You were can, you guys you can, using nose jammer when you were We out had, yeah, we had some, yes, I hit the top of the tree and we had it on the bottom of our boots, but that's going, she's upwind of us. Gotcha. And, and our winds, you know, going the other way. So I didn't think, I don't think it was a way they, she would have blown if she had our wind. Okay. And anyway, so they all kind of walk back to where they came from. Then we watched them kind of in the timber walk 
past us. Basically, we screwed up kind of the movement, the natural movement that would have filtered right past us, and uh, which was a bummer. I mean, I thought we were both, you know, thinking this is a this actually a plan actually came together because we hadn't hunted. It had been a little bit, you know, and we had been staying out waiting for the right time. Yeah. So anyhow, the next night we had the right wind, perfect wind. The next night blowing right over the river, so we went back in and we saw 10, 11 deer, you know, three and a half year old eight pointer, but not the deer we were after. Mm. And you know, he could have. It, it was definitely warmer that day, so deer cast said okay versus good or great. Sure. It, it could have delayed his movement to get up out of his bed a little bit. It could, who knows? He could have been in the other food plot. I yeah. don't know, uh, but we didn't see him. So now I'm kind of waiting. It sucks because like Christmas Eve is going to be <laughs> fantastic, hey, honey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Christmas Day, fantastic. Then it warms up over the weekend, and it's Missouri's muzzleloader season comes in. I think Saturday, okay. and so I was really wanting to go Sunday, and then. We We've had issues where Christmases got moved and switched around. And so I literally have something like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Crap. And it's like, all right, so put, let's put, pause this. And you know, family Scott, duties call. Yeah, Scott's going home for a Christmas break down in Springfield. And um, so I'm trying to pinpoint like the next time to go, which, you know, it actually, the, the temperatures get good again. It warms up over the weekend, like Saturday, uh -huh. Sunday, and then it drops again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And Wednesday, I think is the full moon. It's supposed to even, I think snow. So Ooh. I, I'm going to try, you know, I got to figure out the camera guy situation, but I'm going to sure. maybe try to go back in there with a muzzleloader and see if he steps out and okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's one of those deals where it's, it's, if he was a giant, like I'd feel probably like I got to get this done. Yeah. A little more pressure to, but it's not like the team's counting on me to kill this deer. If it happened, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. I, you know, I want to go get some deer bacon made. Like there's some <laughs> things that I want to do. The overly dog. No more overly dog. I'm, I'm full up. I've cut, I've cut, I'm covered. Okay. Not, but there's a place over in Illinois that Mark gets this uh, deer bacon made from w w Weinman's or Winneman's or something like that. I think he's brought some of he that has. to us before. It is so good. And even my wife and like the kids love this stuff. So I'm thinking like, all right, if I could kill one more deer, I could get like 40 pounds of deer yeah, bacon. You do. Like, hey, honey, you know how you love that venison bacon? Yeah. I could maybe get us some more. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, could I leave on Christmas Day? Yeah. To go she, no, because that's her family Christmas. So, <laughs> oh, that would crap. not go over well. <laughs> if I wanted to skip one of my 15 family Christmases, maybe that'd be acceptable. But not hers. No, that wouldn't go over. It, it, it's tough. I mean, there's, we, we have more time off this time of year than any other time, but also, a lot of family obligations yeah. and stuff to attend to. Yeah. Cause like this, the studio shut down between Christmas and new year's day. We're shut down mm -hmm. that whole period. Yep. So it's a perfect time to hunt too much, but yeah, but in all reality, I, like it's not. <laughs> yeah. There's still like, you're kind of getting caught up on personal life and there's a lot of family gatherings and yeah. stuff. And I'm going to try to take a few buddies out and make something happen. I took Jake Arvold from, uh, from first form out to yep. try to get him a deer. He's had a tough season. Yep. It's just, it's, it, it's so much fun. Like I, I feel so satisfied with where I am in the season. Yeah. I could have killed bigger bucks, but I'm happy with the deer. Oh, you I shot. three bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heck I'm, of a year. Pretty darn happy with that, and and it opens up more opportunities for this rare time of year where you could potentially take folks out. And yeah, we're still trying to kill a goose with a bow and, and try to get that set up, and we've had close calls. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to come talk to you for tips later on. Uh, yeah, our, our close calls. I got plenty of tips for how to have close calls. If you want to figure yeah. out how to actually succeed, go call somebody well, else. Well, one of our one of our writers, Nick Lape, is a big waterfowler. So he and I went out a couple weekends ago to a, a, a property he has set up on a pond, and we had geese flying all over, but they just weren't landing. And the closest we had was like 76 yards in the cornfields. Send it. And I'm, I'm a pretty good shot, but not I, that good. I don't. Want to? I yeah. don't want to lob one way, way out there. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I still got some doe tags, so I'm gonna try to fill a couple doe, doe tags over the break here. Nice. And uh, I just I miss deer hunting. Like I, I went out a couple nights ago, sat in the saddle, and 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 I, and I think for me, I'm still learning how to saddle hunt. And so Giddy up. hunting <laughs> in low stakes circumstances where I'm not chasing a big buck and it's not a big deal if I yeah. bust or I'm not set up uh, 100% correctly, those kind of things don't matter so much. I feel like I can experiment a little. Sure. This time of year. Yep. Yep. That's a good thought. So, yeah, I know you're probably still trying to get Sophie on a deer. I'm still trying to get Cam out there with me. We went once, you know, over the, I guess, a few Sundays ago. I don't know if we talked about it. We got got him out. So that was fun. Uh, you know, I always have a goal of trying to get him out at least once to, so he doesn't sure. forget what yeah. it's like. He kept telling me no, though, this year. Like he didn't want to go? Well, during the gun season and see, he was with me during the turkey season when I shot that turkey and I I had Walker's game ears on him, but I think you could see him jump in the footage. I think it just scared the crap out of him. And now he's a little gun shy. Sure. And, uh, so, so I had to convince him that it was back to bow season you know, this was when he came with me was last week or whatever. Uh And and so he he came with me. I, I got to make it seem like, He's doing me a favor, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He, you know, I, need a buddy like, to come I really me. need you to come, bud. You know, uh-huh. we have so much fun. And he, he, so he gets into that and we had a great time and you know, he's, he's a good, he's just a good, he amazes me his, his ability to sit there. He really is pretty good. He doesn't like my daughter. There's no way. I just don't think she just doesn't stop talking, <laughs> but probably a lot like her dad, but <laughs> But Cameron's is really reserved in general. And, you know, he moves a little bit. He's only six, but in general, he did pretty good. So I'm hoping to maybe, he might not want to because of the muzzleloader, but I'm hoping to maybe get him to come back out with me, you know, yeah. during the, the break here one more time. And Bring a step stool so he can see out of the blind. Well, the, so we got this this time. So da- da- turkey season, the story there, he was so low, he never could see anything just based on how, how dad's, it was a homemade blind. But this is a muddy bowl and I got those muddy chairs. Good. It's like a bar stool yeah. chair. And so he could see, he could, he could see all the bucks and all the deer. We, we had quite a few deer in front of us the other day. Cool. So yeah, you know, that was cool, but I'm, ho- I'm hoping to get him back out. That would be a great kind of end of the year. Sure. So we'll see. I took Sophie and Bo out this past weekend with the 410 to go squirrel hunting. Um, and Bo is four and Sophie is nine. And, uh, and really it's just a hike with a gun. Yeah. Cause we're making so much noise. Yeah. If we, if we happen upon a squirrel, it's going to be because the squirrel was deaf. deaf. Yeah. Uh, but Bo is such a, he's hell on wheels. Like he's into everything all the time. And he maybe will listen after the fifth time you tell him <laughs> something, but in the woods, it's a totally different story. He's so, I don't want to say compliant because that make, it almost makes him sound like he's, too demure or too like passive, but he just, 
is like so cued in on what we're doing. It's it's amazing. Like it's like he's in his element and we can communicate yeah. and it it's just great. And it was so sweet. A couple of times we were walking down some kind of steep slopes and he would just reach out and grab my hand, which he never wants to hold our hands for anything. He would just put his little hand in my and his hands cold and he doesn't care. And he's like, I love you, daddy. Just uh, completely unsolicited yeah. as we're walking down this slope. And nice. I'm like, I'm living the dream right so now. So you're telling me you just need to hunt more. <laughs> need to hunt more. I need to put him in uncomfortable circumstances. <laughs> there go. We're going to go out and we're going to walk a little bit. Yeah. He wanted to, cold. he kept saying, I want to sit in the box. I don't want to go walk for squirrels. I want to sit in the box because he's seen videos of Sophie hunting out of the blind. That's what he meant by the box. Yeah. You want to sit in the blind. You want a squirrel to torture walk. Your kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't put me in the box, dad. <laughs> but he is. I said, listen, <laughs> dead set on hunting out of the blind. So we walked by one of my blinds and we sat inside for five minutes. Yeah. No squirrels walked by. So <laughs> we continued on our way. That's fun. But it was just, it was just such a great time. Yep. You just can't like, Someone, someone in DeerCast said, your kids will never be young again. The deer will always be there. Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense. It's like, duh. But until you hear someone say it, you're like, okay, I need to make sure I'm focusing on their opportunities and not too caught up in what I'm trying to get done. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, why don't we hop into our shout outs? We got some of our listener friends that have shouted us out. So, All right. Let's do it. You want to grab Nathan there? All right. Nathan Wiles, he says, I enjoyed this episode as I do all of them, especially the wildlife word. That's a lie. I struggle with pin float at times and the back bar slash weight ideas had not occurred to me as a way to slow down the pin. I'm definitely going to work with that on my HTR unless I get the new bow bug and dive off on a V3. So I think he was referencing the episode we did with uh, the guys from Matthews and we were talking about that back bar because I have, I just in general, when I was shooting a carbon bow, I had a lot of pin floated so light yep. and I never thought of a back bar either. And this system with Matthews, it just makes it pretty easy to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it seems like everybody that shoots a Matthews, I know this is, that's not the case, but it seems like a lot of the guys on the team, they're shooting those back bars. Yep. And so I gave it a try and definitely made a difference. It's heavier than what I'm accustomed sure. to, but it definitely made a, a big difference to help me settle in. So that's what he's referring to. Uh, and Daniel Mahusky from YouTube says, Hey, Matt jury, I have a question for next week's episode to put the mad scientist on last. LOL. Why is Uncle Mark more like a Grinch than Santa when it comes to getting an invite to hunt one of his properties or leases? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been invited. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday you'll find out. I don't know about that. <laughs> but but someone's going to get to go hunt Mark's place. Yeah, and Terry's. And your dad's place. I've been to Terry's. It's fun. It's a good time. We always have fun. There's. It's one of those deals which was... Aaron Bennett, he's, he's, you know, one of the jury team members, he's a whitetail properties agent. Uh -huh. and he's, he's seen tons of ground across the Midwest. And he's like this Terry's Missouri farm is one of the prettiest. It's just the way it lays. It's okay. kind of got rolling Hills and he's, it's like a golf course as far as how it's manicured. He's very particular. He's very anal about really? just how he, everything is. And, uh, it's just one of the prettiest farms you can ever hunt, but you see a ton of deer. I mean, it just, you know, you'll see, 30, 40 deer 
a night, it seems like, in the right spots. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 Mark, of course, he's so dialed in in so many ways. It's it's crazy. He's just got he's just got a bead on his herd and where, yeah. where they're living and bedding and where they feed and his food plot architecture is to the nth degree. So somebody's gonna have a really fun hunt there. They can enter to win by going to Deercast, hit giveaway, enter there. It's pretty simple. And I think we're pull on the winter in July, July. to give mm-hmm. people a chance to sign up. So the hunt will be next fall, fall 2021. 2021. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Cease is the guy that won the Can-Am. So that was like a two stage giveaway, yep. the Can-Am for Christmas and then the hunt in 2021. And Alan Cease won that. And I was um, talking with him over the weekend and he's like, man, None of my family believes this. <laughs> they think I'm making this up. And, and and we get that a little bit of that in DeerCast. People are like, are these really we- real winners? Are people actually? And it's like, yeah. yeah. Denny Ladchek won the farm last year. And and actually pretty good odds to win in, in the scheme of things. Yeah. It's not like yeah. a lottery. I mean, it's, it's it's way better than a lottery. Yeah, there's pretty good odds. Odds mm-hmm. are in your favor. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely. So it, it's cool. Alan was telling me about his uh, about the cam. He's like, I'm really excited. My wife has a hard time getting around, so this will help me get get her out to the blind because she loves to hunt with him. So awesome. it's nice. It's nice when a prize goes to someone that can really use it. Got a young family. It, it looks like. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a son, at least a son. I don't know if yeah. he's got any, any other kids, but a son likes to hunt with him too. Awesome. Well, so. congratulations. It's a pretty awesome prize to win, man. Heck yeah. Well, how about we uh, answer the question of the day? All right. The question of the day is proudly brought to you by victory archery, the carbon arrow experts. Hey, this is Chris Coker from Covington, Georgia. I was calling or just wanting to know why early season you see a bunch of good bucks and then late season you see nothing but does, it seems. <laughs> and also, what is late season, what calling tips would you recommend for late season? Thank you for your time. Well, it's actually a pretty good question that we touched on a little bit there at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, to me, I think food source is a key indicator of whether or not you're going to see the bucks that you're after in the late season. Like I, yep. I got the same problem. Food source isn't quite what it, I'm used to and on this piece of property and in years past and this year, I don't have the, you know, I could see 40, 50 deer between all the neighbors. Like they just file onto this food source mm-hmm. this year. You just, I mean, you'd be lucky to see four deer a night yeah. and it's just the difference in having the food that they desire to help get them through the winter. Right. They're trying to rip replenish all those lost nutrients from the rut. And so they need that fatty food source, right. To mm-hmm. kind of replenish. And, uh, you just, you know, they're going to be living close to the food. Yeah. Everything is about calories and early season. It doesn't take, it doesn't, it doesn't expend much energy for them to be up and on their feet. And so they're just not up and on their feet as much this time of year either. So you have kind of the suppressed movement to begin with, yeah. if they don't need to spend the calories, they're not going to because spent calories today could mean starvation, cold, potentially death tomorrow. So they've got that going for them. But then also you've got does in these huge matriarchy groups. Yeah. And so if you see one, you're probably going to see 10, 15, 20. Uh, bucks are no longer in the bachelor groups that you sometimes see early season. Kind of loners so at this point. Yeah, yeah. So so there's a lot of things at play there, I think, that, that make it hard. And deer are stupid also. Well, I don't know, you know, in Georgia there, what his, if it's as extreme as far as, you know, and I don't know if the rut's a little bit, I'm assuming a little bit later and, and like mm-hmm. everything in general is a little bit later as far as a question about calling. I 
don't typically call this time of year. But that being said, you know, Scott and I noticed, you know, on camera, we had several deer fighting. And then the other night we witnessed that deep eight and another deer, you know, just kind of messing around a little bit and tickling the horns. And I, I wondered if rattling real lightly, not aggressive, not like I'm going to kick your butt kind of stuff, like middle of the season stuff, but would a light rattling get curious interest. The thing I was worried about there is them going downwind of us. And you know, that, that first night it wasn't a great wind, but second night would have been a good opportunity to, uh, so I do wonder if that would maybe work a little bit uh, in the late season. Yeah, if, it, if you know the deer is kind of got a predisposition to checking, yeah. and being interested in what's going on. It's an interesting proposition. It seems like I, I don't know if it's just my mental perspective, but it seems like this time of year everything is so darn spooky. Yes, and so it is. so if they like they're already on edge. One of the places I I, hunt, I was out over the weekend, I had four or five does walking towards me, and then a car honked way off in the distance, and you know a car doesn't pose any threat to them, but they yeah flung their heads up and then just did a one eighty, put their tails up, and they walked away. I've been noticing that with airplanes flying over or with the train horn. Train. I, I saw the video from your hunt when yeah, debate locked they, up. They, they looked, looked up, up at the train horn. And that train, you know, it's not necessarily close to the farm and they hear it. I can't tell you how many times a day their entire lives, but they all whip their heads yeah. up. And, you know, if a, tr- if a car drives by on the gravel road, mm-hmm. that gets their attention, you know? So it just, this time you're hundred percent right. This time of year, they're just on edge. Yeah. It doesn't take much. To yeah. So, and, and that was my original point. Like, if I can avoid doing anything that's going to yeah. set them off even more because then they just filter back into the thick stuff. And it, by, by that time, it's just too late. You're about, you're out of daylight. Yeah. They're moving late to begin with. And, and so the, if they domino back in, forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's over. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Very rare for them to come, but you better have a really good food source to entice them to come back. So, out. so just in general, I don't think many people call at all, uh, late season. Yeah. Like I said, the only caveat would be, I don't know like what kind of period they're in down there in Georgia this if time you're of around year, but yeah, mm-hmm. like Alabama, you know, and I know it's a late rut down there and probably be about go yeah. time. Yeah. So it's funny seeing some of the, the pictures coming out on deer cast of people with the deer fired up down there. Yeah. It's just a different, different world altogether. Yep. Well, thank you, Chris. If you want to have your question answered on the show, just click the uh, link in the show notes and uh, leave your location name and your brief question and you'll be famous. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Wildlife word. Is brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive line of sent away products. And, and I would say I find myself as the season drags on getting a little more lax in my scent control sure. just because it's fatiguing. It is. But man, I, I, I keep a bottle of the scent away spray in the truck just so it's always there. Just spray down real quick. It's just another layer of protection. Somebody asked me, they're like, well, what? it seems like you're, it's defeating the purpose. If you're spraying down with that and trying to be scent free, then you put a little nose jammer on and it, it's a good question, but I, you know, we'll spray down our bags. We'll spray down our bodies. We'll spray down, you know, it, it's kind of the, I guess all the, you know, the bow, that type of stuff, but the bottom of the boots, we'll just lightly spray with the nose jammer because I just feel like that's le- that footprint, you know, is, yeah. that's the thing they're, picking up on the most. And so when we get in the tree, then I just spray a little bit on, on the Scott. top of the tree. Yeah. So the <laughs> wind the blows face. it to the downwind side. And, um, 
And that's, that's how I use the application of the two things. So to me, it works, it can work in conjunction and that that's religiously kind of how we use it. Agreed. Yeah. And, and, and in my mind, they do two different things. The, the sent away product is reducing your human scent profile. And then the nose jammer is inhibiting a deer's ability to pick up on scent. Yeah. So if you can have those two things working in conjunction, why not? Yeah. That's my opinion. For what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's uh you got 50, 50 today, Matt, by the way, someone was recognizing that you graciously allow our guests to always go first <laughs> that, on the wildlife word. That's just common courtesy. <laughs> Tim. Of course. Yes. You no. walk through the minefield first, sir. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the whitetail, whitetail world, the whitetail word is a question. Uh, and, and, uh, so it starts out the whitetail fetal size varies by sex. Which fetuses are bigger males or females? <laughs> is this a trick question? <laughs> you want me to tell you? Well, <laughs> I would say, I would say it would be male. Seems like a pretty, it's like a slam dunk answer, doesn't it? But this seems like a trick question. Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to say female. It's male. God dang it. <laughs> this is how my entire high school, college career went on multiple choice tests. Like Charlie Brown going to kick the football? I, I'd be like, all right. Overthinking it, Matt. This seems like this is the obvious answer. Let's go with the other answer. <laughs> your, nope, it was the obvious your answer. Your name. <laughs> yeah. Like my full name or? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the BMI, they, they've done studies on the body mass index. And, and I don't know exactly what goes into it, but uh, the body mass they index your fat. for, <laughs> <laughs> they remove the fetus and then they pinch the fat on, the its, pinch little, test. on its little leg. Don't you know this? <laughs> I do. Yeah. But for whitetail fetuses, it's probably a little different. <laughs> body mail, the body mass index on a buck is 0.71. Body mass index on a doe fetus is 0.67. Now, you know, the more, you know, we need that sound effect. Do, do, say, do, yeah, do. That's right. I'm going to end all these with uh, that. I miss those commercials from the 80s. Well, we've bored people long enough, I think, Tim. We've said it all. It's been a great year. We I have. appreciate all the input you've given. Oh, why are you laughing right now? <laughs> I really appreciate it. I feel enlightened. <laughs> the, the whitetail world, the whitetail word is changing people's lives. Well, it's supposed to be the wildlife word. Oh, yeah, that's right. You I can't even, even get it right. Word. <laughs> you don't even this know. This is your segment. You created <laughs> it. Everyone's getting a discount on these sponsorships. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're getting a yeah. discount. Right. <laughs> um, we had Jim Libertor on last week talking about the Harvest movie. That Hopefully cool. folks have seen that on Facebook. I am not the country star that he was talking about having potentially signed to no. star in the movie. Someone asked that? No. You just a certain number of people may have asked. Okay. Your mom doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her you said that. You take that back. <laughs> You're not a doucher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. We do appreciate everyone watching. Uh, hopefully you're having a safe and healthy holiday and, uh, and you have a great time in the woods and filling those unfilled tags and all that good stuff and being safe out there. If you have a favorite moment for the past podcast this year, let us know yeah. in the comments below. We'd love to hear it. And uh, we may replay some on upcoming shows in 2021. We may not. So <laughs> let us know. All right. Until next time. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Peace out. Every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game.